Welcome to Office Hours with EAB. I'm Macy Fairfax. And I'm excited about today's episode because we take a deep dive into a new study that looks at the motivations and the hesitations that prevent adult students who stopped or dropped out of college from returning to complete their studies. My colleagues, Brittany Merchinson and TJ Reed, examine what they learned from the survey and from the interviews with more than 1,000 adult degree completers. They talk about common challenges they face and the way that universities can do a better job of finding, engaging, and enrolling these students. They touch on everything from search engine optimization to smarter ways of providing students with clear guidance on those important next steps and cost. Brittany and TJ will also highlight some of the administrative obstacles colleges need to eliminate in order to streamline credit transfers and make it easier than ever for adult students to transition and feel welcomed back into academic life. Thank you for listening and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Office Hours with EAB. My name is TJ Reed, and I am joined today by my colleague, Brittany Murchison. Brittany, how are you doing? Hey, TJ. I'm doing great. I'm here, um, as per the usual, in my office, uh, my home office in Richmond. Um, Wish I was back in the office, but still at home. TJ, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm here in Virginia Beach. Uh, We just had the tropical storm move through and uh, you just never know. My four-year-old daughter may come in here and jump on my lap in the middle of the interview like I'm sure everybody's families do during Zoom. You have your own little tropical storm at home, but everyone is safe, right, TJ? After the storm came through, I know Virginia Beach got um, hit pretty hard. Everyone's okay? Yeah, yeah. As far as our family, absolutely. Doing very good. Good, good. So we're here today to talk about adult learners and uh, especially adult degree completers. I'm excited about this um, because this is a great group to begin to reach and to uh, help. And I feel like for so many, it's kind of like uh, an audience that we don't necessarily know that much about uh, or it's complex. And so a lot of people kind of shy away from it. Yes. So yes. I'd love to just start off the conversation with you, Brittany, by asking the question, how would you define a degree completer? Yes, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, and it's something that we struggle with at EAB. Um, the division I work in is called adult learner recruitment. Uh, we work with graduate students, professional students, um, and also this category that we would call degree completers, um, which often people just call quote unquote adult learners. Um, but what we mean when we say degree completer uh, is an adult, so a non-traditional student who has some college credit, uh, but has not completed uh, their bachelor's degree. So they have started it and for some reason have stopped, uh, which again, uh, makes them a very interesting uh, audience to re-recruit. Yeah, so they, they've had some experience. Usually, you know, in my, in my experience, some of those folks, uh, they may have failed out of classes before or had some sort of inciting life incident that caused them to drop it. And there's usually some trepidation or nervousness as they're coming back towards it. Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, As you know, TJ, I'm a marketer by trade. So I've I've done a fair amount of marketing um, throughout my career. And I think this audience in particular, it presents an interesting marketing challenge because you are trying to convince them uh, to come back uh, and to reface something that they could see as a failure, uh, even if it's not truly a failure. A lot of folks drop out, as you said, for personal reasons. And those are good reasons. Um, but they, again, they, they have such great hope um, and excitement that they could come back and finish that degree. 
but also a lot of a lot of fear too. So it's a little bit about um, as you're marketing and messaging to them, um, striking that very delicate balance. Um, you want to focus on that optimism while addressing that they've had some challenges and concerns in the past. Hmm. Yeah, I, I led an admissions team. And one of the things that I would often tell our admissions counselors is uh, we've got to give this uh, group of people courage and strategy, uh, courage oh, to that. let them know, hey, you can do this and you can uh, you can make this happen. But if, if it's not married with strategy and helping them to know like step A, B, C to get them to it, they're going to fall flat on their face. And so that marriage of courage and strategy. Um, I remember this one student that just came to mind this morning as I was thinking about it. Uh, his name was Terrence. And one of our admissions counselors said, uh, we're going to be team Terrence. And I am already writing up the sign to hold up at your graduation because we believe so much that you're going to do this, Terrence. And I just love that is a picture of uh, helping to encourage this type of audience and student. Uh, I absolutely love that story. And it's also a great reminder to, to all those recruiters out there who are working with these individuals. It's such important work. Um, but um, to pivot really quickly, EAB did a research study on this audience in particular, um, because a lot of our partners struggle to one, identify them, to actually find them Typically in higher education marketing, we're gifted because we have a lot of lists. So people take admissions tests to get into school. And so you have lists of individuals. Uh, There's not really a great list of of these individuals out there, which makes them hard to find. Um, They're hard to reach once you find them. Um, And then they're also, as we've already talked about, a little bit difficult to recruit with with these um, challenges. But what your team Tarrant story reminded me of, uh, this group uh, that we worked with on doing this study, um, they came out with a quote that said, this audience is receptive to information, interaction, and guidance from just about anyone, anywhere, anytime, in almost any form, um, Mm. which just really hits home your point that they need the courage, and they also need that roadmap and that strategy on how they're going to complete the goal. Uh, it goes back to that fear again, because they didn't accomplish right. it the first time. They really need to be convinced. I love that, that point on strategy about how they can get from point A to point B um, and, and really finish that degree. And, and I also love the sign and the visualization of the completion. You know, that's what's really driving them forward too. So you have to have kind of both of those, both of those components. Yeah, there's there's a lot of these. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to talk a little bit about the study really quickly? Yeah, I would love to talk about the study. I, I mean, I, I think uh, there's there's over 3 million of these students that have some college no degree out yes. there. So this is a really important group to target. Why don't you share a little bit about the study we did at EAB? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There's over 3 million. Um, and a lot of these folks um, really want to go back and get their degree. So it's a great, it's a great market to be, to be targeting. Um, so the reason we, we um, embarked upon this study is exactly for some of the reasons we already talked about. This audience is hard to find. So we wanted to survey them and get a really good sense of how we should be recruiting them. Uh, so we worked with, as I mentioned, um, an external company. Um, it's called CGK, the Center for Generational Kinetics. Um, and they are fantastic and just have a really great way of finding these individuals. Um, and it was a two-part study. So we did a qualitative part um, where we did videos of these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting. Again, we've been talking a lot about motivations and fears. You break down these videos. They're actually talking. They start talking about motivation. Again, so excited to get that degree, what it means to them. 
Um, and then they pivot into fears, but they typically will talk about their fears for about one third longer than they talk about the, the motivation. So definitely um, very important to them. So we did the qualitative study, have great videos, and then entered into the quantitative study. Part, um, so did a, you know, I think it was a 15 question um, survey to those individuals, um, had over a thousand respondents and some, some really good information, which we can, which we can talk about today. But um, that study is available on EV.com. And I believe we're going to link from it uh, in the podcast resources as well. That's yeah, it's such an interesting study. Uh, man, when you think about that, they're spending a third more time talking about fears more than the things that are motivating. That seems to be the problem, like as an adult, right? Like as you as you get older, you're you're constantly trying to overcome those things that are telling you that well, you can't do it. And TJ, you know, everything gets harder. Uh, you have a four-year-old. Uh, I have two kids. Um, work is very busy. So fitting that all into your life is also a challenge um, and something that our partners really need to communicate to those prospects that the way that the classes are set up, um, you know, the way that everything is designed is for the adult. Uh, and that's really important too, when you're trying to convince these folks that it can fit into their lifestyle. It's something that came out in the survey. That's one of their, once they get past their actual concerns of their previous experience, they're like, how is this going to fit into what I'm doing day to day? We're all so busy. Yeah. You're, you're helping them get out the calendar and saying, here's, here's what it looks like in these micro chunks of what it'll be in your life there. Absolutely. So some of the motivation of these audiences uh, are that they want to have great opportunities for themselves, for their families. I know we, we, we've read a lot of those types of things before. Is there, are there things that are shifting as a result of COVID-19 uh, that we're noticing in the motivations of this audience? It's a, it's a great question. Um, so I love with, with COVID, um, I love to be data-driven with how we're responding because there's just so much changing every day. Um, and again, the great news, if you're, if you're a marketer is that there's a ton of data out there, um, from a digital landscape perspective, um, that can help us be really informed. And so what we have seen is an increase in searches for completing my bachelor degree. Um, and that started around April. Um, so we saw a bump from March to April that has been considered consistent. I think what that tells me is people are thinking one of two things. I have less job security. And again, that bachelor's degree can help me get the job that I want. Um, and the second part is, again, going back to that lifestyle, they could potentially have more time. So um, worst case scenario is that they've been let go from their job and now they have more time to kind of pursue their degree. Um, or if you're like me, you just have um, you know, you're not commuting all the time. There, there yeah. is, you know, some extra time in that day um, where folks can think, hey, I'm going to put that extra time to good use in this very, very unique um, situation. Yeah, I saw a post on LinkedIn yesterday where somebody just detailed all of the hours that they've saved from uh, yeah. and, and the fact that 99% of their projects were actually getting done now that they're working from home and uh, they were able to keep up with some more of that. So I'm sure time's such a huge aspect. Yes, I think time's a huge aspect. What I encourage our partners to think about, though, we, we are seeing an uptick. You know, you really have to see that through to enrollment just because and we've seen this with this population in particular, just because there's interest doesn't mean that they always all move all the way through uh, to enrollment, just given that fear factor that we've talked about um, a lot already today. Uh, we have a 
former business school dean who, who works with me. And he keeps reminding me that every economic downturn is different. Uh, so you can't assume just because the last downturn in 2008, we saw a, you know, a lot of individuals go back uh, to either complete their bachelor's or get their graduate degree. Just can't assume that's going to be the same. This is a very different um, a very different economic downturn than any of us have ever lived through before. Um, yeah. It's certainly something that we, that we are monitoring closely. Yeah, I think some of the fear when I talk to higher ed administrators is there doesn't seem to be like a horizon point, like a place that we know where uh, right. this is definitely going to end. And so that's leading to some trepidation uh, for people as they're walking through this. Uh, but you mentioned that there was a spike in some of the adult learner interest in like completing my degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, you, you, it's just not enough to get the interest. You've got to help them take those next steps and move through the process. So with a new generation of more savvy online consumers than even say the 2007, 2008 recession, um, what are what are the things that like a marketing team or an admissions team should be putting on their website for this degree completer audience? Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, it is so, so critically important. Um, again, this audience isn't what I would, what I would call an immediate hand raiser. Uh, so they are not going to, um, immediate, we don't see them submit inquiry forms as often. Uh, they are going to need help down the line, yeah. but they're going to do a ton of research before they reach out to you. I always say to our partners, you know, if you want to be on the list of two schools at, that an individual is going to apply to, you need to be in the list of 10 they considered before they let you know that they were going to apply. And That's so it's good. really, really competitive. Um, I think there's a couple of things in TJ. I know you have thoughts here too, given your vast experience. Um, I'll give two quick nods and then I'm sure you'll have more to add. Um, First, I think timeline to completion and cost, you have to be really clear about. So again, when we looked at the survey, yes, there were those kind of intrinsic fears that they had from previous experience. Yes, they want it to fit into their lifestyle, but they're also very worried about how they're going to pay. Um, And so I think that's really, really critically important, just both timeline to completion and financially what they're going to need to do to, to get through. Um, the second piece I would, I would add uh, is just around the actual marketing. Are they feeling like these are students that are like them? So yeah. uh, Southern New Hampshire has a gr- had a great commercial that they aired around the holidays. Uh, and it was this woman and she was walking into a very traditional looking um, college evening class and she was a couple minutes late. So the professor kind of slammed the door in her face. Uh, and then of course she goes to Southern New Hampshire and she's a couple minutes late and they're very gracious and open the door and she comes in and there's, you know, other working moms that look like her. And so I think that message to me, and this came out in our survey as well, it's, it's critical that they are seeing others like them. And you can do that through student success stories. You can do that through video and imagery, but it's really, really important that they are, they can see themselves there and they know that your um, programs are designed for adults like them. Yeah. I I like that um, picture of the Southern New Hampshire commercial Mm -hmm. because I I think something that often we kind of gets lost in some of this reaching out to adult degree completers is ensuring the professional development of faculty that are working with them. Oh, great point, TJ. If they if they didn't understand some of the complexities of their life and some of the ways we have to bend compared to how we would with a typical 18 year old, uh, it's a lot harder for them to get their minds wrapped around that and understand here's what we should maybe do a little bit differently uh, for these adult students. Uh, And go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to jump in because it's such a great point. Um, but even, you know, just thinking through how they're admitted to what the application process looks like, um, that's also really important. You want to break down those barriers that are going to make it difficult for a busy adult um, to actually submit an application. So you're right. Of course, it has to carry through to the classroom experience, but walk it back. You know, you have to have a great yeah. website. You have to have a great um, way that they can apply easily. And the admissions process is, you know, clear and transparent. Um, so all of those points along the way, those communication points, they're so important to um, make sure that adults feel like they they completely understand. Again, if you had failed at something before, having to even reapply is such a, you know, such a big step. So we really, yeah. um, we encourage our partners to, to think through the entire student recruitment process and make sure um, that it is adult friendly. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you get to the bottom of a bonfire and there's just a little bit of an ember left there and you've got to try to, I remember so many times growing up as a kid, my dad putting a little bit of newspaper on the bottom and trying to reignite that fire in the morning for breakfast and stuff like that. That's kind of our job uh, in higher ed is taking the little embers that are left and helping to turn it back into a bonfire that'll help to power you know, the next step of their life and what they're doing. Absolutely. I mean, going back to this survey, we watched obviously all of the videos that we'd gotten in kind of the, the qualitative um, portion of, of that survey. Uh, and the videos from these individuals are, are so moving. Um, I love, again, great analogy, TJ, but I just, I love to think of it that way. I mean, these folks are talking so passionately about just being able to say that they have a bachelor's degree and put that on their resume, how much that means to them. Uh, and again, going back, I loved your frame around courage and strategy. You know, you they that is what is going to give them the courage, the promise of that degree and what, can, what it can do for their family. Um, so you really have to, you know, make sure that you're focusing there as you're talking to these, talking to these students to kind of get them through um, what is going to be a little bit of a challenging journey, right? Fitting those yeah. classes into your day-to-day, -day, finding the, you know, inc the, the way that you're going to pay for it. Um, so all those things are challenging. You have to focus on that greater mission uh, and the, the value of that degree, which again, to these folks means something very different. You know, we see some yeah. of our graduate students are looking for ROI, right? So if I were to pay this amount of money, how much will I make on the back end? And certainly these folks are thinking of it that way, but it, it does really truly mean something to them. We had Thanks. one woman um, in the video and she talked about how she wanted to go back because her daughter was two years away from going to college. She wanted to show her daughter that she could do it too. You know, mm -hmm. these reasons are just, they're a little bit they're a little bit different than what we typically see, um, at least in the adult space on the grad side. And that's how we build, you know, more equity for future generations and opportunity Absolutely. to be able to see themselves in being a graduate from college. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love one of the things you were saying before um, about, you know, the cost and the time to completion. Yes. I think when you're talking about this population, having a place on your website that's not complex as well as having a person that can help with transferability uh, mm. and is very open to adult degree completers, there's no better time than now to eliminate some of those administrative obstacles that you've had before. And so uh, I think when if you really focus on helping a student understand, here's how your credits are going to transfer, here's the amount of time it's going to take to get there, and here's how much it's going to cost. If you can answer those questions, you've captured somebody rather well in this population. But I think so many 
uh, of us in higher education really struggle to answer that without complexity or not giving them an official evaluation uh, of their credits. And so uh, we want to be able to help them understand here's what it's going to take and you can do it in this time. And I have seen and heard partners doing really innovative things in working with community colleges. So uh, again, thinking through, you know, you've got your associate's degree. How are you making those credits? How are you developing partnerships where those credits can easily transfer to your institution for a four-year degree? Um, you know, even if it's just kind of a, a general ed degree, like how are you making sure yeah. that those can move through? Again, to your, to your point, TJ, you have to make this easy and clear. Imagine talking to a high school student about, hey, after they're finished with their two-year degree at a local community college, they can easily kind of transfer the credits in and, and get their bachelor's degree. You know, that's, that's creating a a true pathway um, and allowing these students to have kind of the on-ramps and off-ramps along the way for when life gets in the way. That's just going to be the way it is for a lot of these students, especially as you men mentioned, if they're kind of first generation. Um, so it's important to, to, to think about those pathways and to create them uh, and really break down, as you said, kind of those administrative barriers. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. Yes. I, so, I think, you know, a lot of schools are really progressive the way they're thinking about this audience because it aligns with mission. As we've already mentioned, this is why we all are passionate and love being in higher education. And also there's, it's, there's a pretty big market out there. So I think it's one that we have to think creatively about tapping into because there are challenges, um, but it's an important one. Yeah. I mean, and what better time to lean into each other and to partner with other schools when we're all looking for solutions and uh, at time, what times can feel like a wilderness in the midst of all of this. And, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about COVID. Um, certainly the idea of online higher education was, you know, we had that before we had COVID, but now it seems um, as if it's no longer an option that people are debating. Yeah. We just have to move forward with online. Um, but again, in this degree completion space, that's actually what they want. So in the survey, I think about 90% of people said that they wanted to take classes online. Again, it, it is different for this population than a traditional undergrad or graduate student who might actually want that experience on campus with faculty and with other students. That's just not the top priority for this group. But the top priority is getting the degree as quickly and easily as possible. Um, and so online has always been really, really important here. Yeah, I, I think one of the things it said was that these folks aren't looking uh, for an educational experience. They want a college degree. That's right. And that's, yeah, that's really important. It, it really surprised me when uh, looking at that survey that almost generationally it tracked that uh, as somebody get older, like from millennial to Gen, Z, uh, Gen X and, and older, they were a lot more open to online. And maybe that just speaks to the complexity of life and needing to fit it in where you can. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're a very practical group, uh, yeah. which I think, you know, I think makes a lot of sense. But again, it goes to your point. If there's, if they're looking for online um, classes, they're probably looking online and on your website to evaluate <laughs> what, what classes they need. So again, it just goes back to that importance of your website and having all that information available for these prospective students. So are there any other strategies that you've seen to successfully convince degree completers to move ahead for schools uh, that you've worked with or schools that you've heard of? Yeah, I think it is. So again, marketer by trade, the way I would classify it as nurturing. Um, so once they um, become interested, once they kind of get on your radar, uh, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, it's time to apply, right? That, that's certainly one tactic. Another is to 
kind of reach out to them. What are your motivations? What are your concerns? Uh, thinking through what do they actually need to learn about your process to make that decision. I, I don't want to call it handholding at all, um, but they do need additional help and resources to help them navigate the process. Sure. Um, so that's certainly one one thing that we encourage our partners to think about is, you know, how is your recruitment team staffed, and uh, do they know how to answer these questions? Um, are they willing to kind of have those more candid conversations about motivations and concerns? You know, those touch points are going to be important to them. Uh, it will be how they evaluate whether you can support them once they're in the program, uh, how you, how the recruiters are kind of supporting them through that process. So we think a lot about nurturing, uh, a lot about making sure that they have the information that they need uh, to help them to help them through the process. It sounds like just a move from. Uh, like a, almost like a megaphone to like a conversation, you know, like from, yes. from talking over a microphone, here's what we want you to know to what do you need to know and making that a conversation for them. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think adult degree completers, especially they're, they're hesitant if they talk to an admissions person and they're not willing to tell them straight up how much it's going to cost or like if they shirk away from that. And so I think to your point, it's really important that we train anybody that's speaking to this population to be as transparent as possible with the folks that are interested. Yeah, I think the thing, too, is, that, again, this came out in the survey. They want it to feel customized, uh, which is interesting because I think what that really means to me, I'm reading in between the lines a, a little bit, is that. Every situation is uniquely different. Um, everyone has had a previous experience with education that is different. Everyone's current situation is different. And so I think they want that to be acknowledged in the process. And so just even encouraging recruiters to ask those kind of questions. How many kids do you have at home? You know, what are your hours like at work? Um, what is a convenient time for you uh, to, to take this course? And so I think um, really making it feel customized for, for them is, is, is wonderful. And then also making sure, you know, you can't not have the megaphone. I, I like your, um, your analogy again there, TJ, you can't, you still need the megaphone, but how do you actually make sure it also feels customized, um, customized for them? Okay. So Brittany, you, you just mentioned something about it's the, still the need for the megaphone. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, uh, how, uh, universities can do that? Yes. Uh, you know, again, these recruiters are doing such valuable and important work, but if they just had to pick up the phone and call each individual student, you would um, probably not be hitting the enrollment goals that you want to hit. So you do still need that megaphone. Uh, one, one way I think, again, not to bring it back to the website again, <laughs> your website's going to be a really important megaphone for you, but think about how people are getting to your website. Uh, so we work with a lot of our partners, making sure that you're kind of SEO optimized. So when people are searching for you, that your programs are coming up uh, and that they're coming up in a very adult friendly way. So really thinking through what those key search terms are and making sure that they are on your website and optimized for, for Google to find you. Um, the second way we do that is working with partners on paid search. Uh, so that's when you use certain search terms and you will bid on them um, and Google will serve ads that almost look like an organic um, kind of search term coming back up, but it's actually we'll pay for that ad space. And so that's how we find that one, a lot of adult learners are getting to your website is actually through search in general. So making sure that you're optimized and making sure you're bidding on those key, key terms. And then what we find is that if a 
if an adult is searching on Google, they're probably closer to actually applying and enrolling than some who are not. Um, and so that's all, it's also a really important audience to kind of capture um, at that kind of bottom of the funnel, if you will. Um, they're a little bit closer to, to making a decision. So we move them quickly into that nurture stream we were talking about. So it's just a nice compliment, as you said, to have the megaphone and then have the one-on-one personalized approach you really need both with this with this particular audience, um, because as we've talked about, there's just different and kind challenges that they're that they're facing. Yeah, you need to reach them. You know, what is it? Seven impressions typically for somebody to really get a good uh, feel. I mean, it's seven impressions. So an impression again is just someone seeing your brand. In this case, I would say seeing the fact that you have classes and and opportunities for those degree completers, it's seven to 10 just for them to remember that you have that. Um, So it's it's quite a bit, there's a lot of noise out there. This is a very competitive market. Uh, As you mentioned, there's there's a big population of students and a lot of schools are trying to kind of figure out how how they can get a piece of that pie, Um, not only for enrollment growth, but as we mentioned, it's it's truly part of higher education's mission to make sure that these folks have those opportunities. Yeah. And in, we're, we're operating in a place where schools have to overcome some of the, the skepticism of higher ed and the past failures and stuff like that. But this, mm-hmm. the fact is, is there's still, uh, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, people that uh, go from some college, no degree to actually getting a bachelor's degree, they earn on a median $400 more a week. And yes. um, there's new industries and new shifts that are happening that are going to need people to be retrained and reskilled and higher education can absolutely step into that. Would you just kind of close this out in this time, Brittany, just talking about some of the mission of what we have to do here with these adult degree completers? Yeah. I mean, we're talking to partners all the time who are trying to think really innovatively and differently, exactly to your point. How do we create educational opportunities that are going to help advance the workforce that are going to help folks get opportunities that they wouldn't have received before. And again, I think doing that at a local level is really important. We mentioned kind of those community college um, partnerships that you can think through. Also just working with local industry. What do you, what do you need? Uh, And then investing in those, in those programs and allowing folks to have opportunities again, that they wouldn't have, wouldn't have had before, which is just so critically important. And I'll just end uh, again, TJ, um, I've said it a bunch this, this podcast, but I just really have such admiration for the recruiters who are kind of one-on-one with Terrence talking about, you know, how he's going to um, meet his goals and objectives. It's just really important work that, that they are doing. And what I love at EAB is we get the opportunity to help with that megaphone and just hopefully increase the number of people um, that they're they are getting the opportunity to, to pick up the phone and, and hopefully change someone's life. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good place to end. Let's end right there, Brittany. Thank you so much. This has been a really good conversation with you today. Yeah, TJ, it's been really fun. And thank, I know you share kind of my, we share a similar passion uh, on this particular, um, with this particular audience. So I, I appreciate the conversation and um, also you sharing all your previous experience, which is, which is so important. Absolutely. Well, thank you. This has been TJ Reed and Brittany Murchison uh, here at Office Hours with EAB. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for listening. Join us next week when EAB's Jeff Martin is joined by Ryan Catherwood, an alumni engagement professional from Longwood University.
Ryan and Jeff will explore ways the pandemic has impacted university fundraising efforts and even challenged some long-held assumptions about the most effective ways to accomplish that mission. For Office Hours with EAB, I'm Misi Fairfax. <laughs>